Next on News for the Soul, Eyes Wide Open with Janessa and SJ. We are multifaceted beings living in a multidimensional existence. We hold the power of perception. In this power alone, paints our reality. Perception influences the things we see and the things we don't see. Together, we'll explore the mystical and the material, the metaphysical and the physical, the supernatural and the concrete, the seen and the unseen. Please welcome Janessa and SJ back to News for the Soul. Hello and welcome to Eyes Wide Open. I am Janessa Finley Ford. Are you guys missing SJ? We have this extra week in here in January. I lie, it's not actually an extra week, but it's an extra Wednesday. So I am back this week um, by myself. SJ will return next week with us and we'll dive into an exciting conversation on energy healing, why it works. What's the advantages to individual, group, We'll get into lots of fun things. In the meantime, I, an animal-loving, motorcycle-riding, countercultural-researching, self-healing, brownie-baking, funny human, I'm going to fill the next 55 minutes of your life with some humor and some functional medicine, physical health uh, deep dive into what the mindset has to do with that things your doctors will never, ever discuss with you about why you have hormone chaos, night sweats, thyroid issues, that there's actually an order to be honored in the healing process. That's going to be awesome. Hopefully it'll be big breakthroughs for you guys just in getting the information it has been for me and many, many of my clients. So as we begin, I have a funny story. This funny story actually popped up in my mind a couple of weeks ago when I was working my way through an energy session, and perhaps it wasn't so funny at the time. It was a bit mortifying, but I think it's hilarious now. So we're going to rewind to age, oh, 13, Janessa. I probably was in definitely junior high. I'm thinking maybe eighth grade. And, you know, you go to lunch, right? You're in the cafeteria. Our cafeteria was actually our gymnasium. So along the wood floor where the bleachers were pushed back on the tile, they would set up lunch tables, and that's where we ate. So you're on these teeny tiny lunch tables. Is this a trip back into memory lane for anyone else in there? childhood of how they ate? This is not how I ate at the country school. Mind you, I had the cute little lunchbox that was packed with my little thermos. I got to eat anyway. At public school, tables were lined up along the gymnasium floor, and we're all squished in there like sardines with, you know, three or four kids on each side of each table. And you had to sit across from people, and you had to sit next to each other so everybody could fit in there. I really wish I could recall what was said at the time that was funny. But something was absolutely hilarious. And do you remember those little cartons of milk? Like, I really preferred the juice. We got grape juice and orange juice in these little cartons. But for lunch, we got milk. So either white milk or chocolate milk. So I am in mid-drink of my milk. And somebody said something that was 
hilarious to me, and I spit my milk out. You know, that hilarious, like, and it just goes everywhere? (laughs) Yeah, I did that, but my face was not looking down. My face was looking at the person sitting across from me. So I spray this individual with milk and their tray, their food, (laughs) like everything got doused in the milk that was in my mouth. So it really wasn't very hilarious at the time. I was mortified. I felt really bad. She was not impressed. (laughs) And I was for sure made aware of how they smelled like sour milk for most of the afternoon. I do find some humor, however, now a few decades forward in time and seeing the rest of my high school years play out, that the individual that I accidentally completely unintentionally spit milk all over ended up being someone whom I perceived to be one of the biggest bullies that I experienced in my school years. Now, this is just my perception. I don't know if you asked her, you know, the same thing, if their perspective would have been the same. One of the other individuals, a male who did bully, not just me, like in general, bullied uh, pretty much everyone, everyone that they could. When he went off to college, he actually came back and apologized. It was really cool. I love to see things come full circle. So I don't know what this individual's perspective would be or perception would be in hindsight, but I do think there is some poetic justice to how the universe works things out in all of that, right? The energy. (laughs) But at the time, I felt horrible. So, you know, cover your mouth when you laugh, just like when you cough, (laughs) especially if there's something in it. Now, also, while I don't make a habit of doing this, I think this is the only other time it did ever happen in my life. It happened at Christmas one year, too, with my family. And I was hosting Christmas at my house. I'd made this peanut butter pie that was my fan favorite. My cousin was there with us because I don't remember if it was, like, weather or just the schedule of when Christmas fell in the the week or what have you. But anyway, it was my family and my cousin. And, again, somebody said something hilarious. This time it was water, but I sprayed water all over the peanut butter pie. And my cousin absolutely loves peanut butter pie and was so sad because he absolutely wouldn't taste it. Now, mindset. I'm going to turn this story into a mindset tip for health. Weight management. We actually have pictures in our head of food, right? So we're really programmed in our culture that food is such a good positive thing. Like all of the things that teach us that sugar, like we even refer to our significant others as honey and sweetheart or even, you know, grandchildren, children, pet names of these sweet sugary things. So we make all these attachments in our mind that sugar and sweetness is so good and that we you know, have these cravings and want it, the Happy Meal, for Pete's sake. Like, just watch commercials and advertising and really look at the messaging that they're sending out, right? They're in training your mindset to want these junk foods or to believe that these junk foods are good for you. 
So our minds store pictures of foods, of all sorts of things, honestly. But in this context, we're going to talk about how it stores pictures of foods. And we need to make the picture something that we do not want. So if you are a sweet lover, a peanut butter pie lover, a cake lover, and you want 16 pieces of cake instead of just one, if you want all of that peanut butter pie instead of just a sliver, just when you're in meditation, when you have your mind in that relaxed space where it will be a sponge and absorb, just go ahead and see that peanut butter pie just like spit all over or bled all over. Like make it the wrong picture for you to find it appealing and appetizing. And it'll be incredible how when it's actually set in front of you, whether or not you get all excited and lit up over it or not. Maybe this sounds crazy to you, but seriously, give it a try. And if it doesn't work in your own self-brain entrainment, work with someone who's trained to do this because it absolutely will train, you can train your brain to like the foods, you know, because when do you ever sit down and say, oh, I'm just craving lettuce? Like there's a reason why our bodies are um, satiated, satisfied with certain foods and other foods light up our brain and then we want more and more and more and more. So use that little tidbit of mindset mastery if you want to shift your diet a little bit and not actually live a diet lifestyle, but to be at choice with the foods that work for you and the foods that don't support your health. So you've heard me say on the show before that our body is this really vast feedback machine. It's just a constant feedback loop. It's always expressing exactly what our mind tells it, what our emotions tell it, and then it expresses those mindset beliefs and those emotions. So when people have a hard time healing physical ailments, it's important to look at what are the mindset beliefs. To just start with broad beliefs about their body. Do they view their body that the body fails them, that it's broken, that it's not reliable versus this belief that the body is just speaking, the body is communicating. And I'm really curious about what my body is telling me. Why is my body telling me, what is my body telling me through this pain or through this ailment or through this disease? All of it has a depth of information. I'll give you some examples as we go through this episode today. Other mindset that we need to shift for deep lasting healing is if you're holding the belief that nothing works for me. You oftentimes have those clients who call me and they say, you know, I've tried this and this and this and this and this and nothing works. Well, let's address the belief first and foremost that your body can heal itself and that things do work for you. Because the reality is, folks, like, listen clearly, your body is designed to self-heal. Your body is designed to regulate itself, to balance itself, to regenerate, and to heal. It truly is. We live in a world and a culture where we have a lot of messages contrary to this. But when you get into holistic and natural healing, you will find time and time again and see results time and time again that align with people's 
beliefs. And when you believe that your body can heal itself, your body is going to engage that innate wisdom and that inner mechanism to heal. Just like your body multiplied, well, your cells multiplied until you even had a body in your mother's womb, we have that same innate wisdom available to us at all times if we rely upon it and engage it. Uh, Other people will say, you know, I'm sensitive. I'm allergic to everything. Nothing, you know, settles with my system. Medications don't work. I'm allergic to all of these foods. I have all of these sensitivities. And so, again, if if we have that belief and that thinking, it's really hard to have complete healing at the physical level when at the mental and emotional level, we believe that we always have to have a negative response to the things going into our body. And then to wait interwoven throughout this episode, there's a couple mindsets around weight that are really, really valuable for people to think about. If you, as this new year began, were one of the people who aspired to shed weight, to have better physical health, it's really a lot less about what you're eating and a lot more about what is eating you. And if you get to the basis of what is eating you, what you eat will shift. Most of the time, we start from the exterior that we just want to, through willpower, make better selections around food and to eat foods that are going to allow us to shed weight from a calorie in, calorie out perspective. I work with a lot of people that even when their calorie in, calorie out are at a place where they should shed weight, they're still holding it because it's a protective layer. It's a protective mechanism. And so we really have to get down into the core root of what is eating them. And once they can unwind that, that core root situation where they change their perspective, whether it was scarcity around not having enough food and so eating beyond being full all the time, having people in their household judge them, make comments about what they ate, whatever these issues were that are often, most often in childhood, then they can start having that success. So some people would say it's reverse engineering. I really truly believe it's getting into the root and the core of the issue and allowing the rest to unravel and unwind. The other thing about weight is you heard me say shed weight, release weight. We're not talking about weight in the terms of losing. Think about the definition of what a loser is. And I always got a really good giggle out of The Biggest Loser, the TV show, and how they were trying to (laughs) to make – being the biggest loser a positive thing, right? Well, really in the definition of what we believe to be true about loser, it's not something that anyone wants to be. And and losing isn't necessarily a positive thing either. If you think about babies, they get weighed all the time, right? Because if a baby is losing weight, it's a negative thing. Like we don't want to lose ourselves. And so if we talk about our ourselves or aspiration in the terms of losing or being a loser or anything that has that connotation (laughs) to something negative, it makes it actually harder subconsciously to achieve it. 
So if you talk to yourself about releasing weight or shedding weight, there's a whole different energetic context. There's a whole different subconscious perspective that allows your mind, body, and emotions to align to have success with it. So these are just a few of the common mindset um, topics that I dive into with functional medicine clients when I coach them, but they're not the only ones, right? They're just the most common. You can start to see the patterns and how we create the physical from those thoughts, and you can start observing your own thoughts of how you think about your body, of what you're experiencing when you started having an illness and the physical symptoms showed up. What else was going on? What were your thoughts at the time? What situations were happening in your life at the time? So let's talk about the functional medicine approach to healing, which does have an order, has a design, and is very holistic. So it's very different from allopathic medicine in the fact that it is going to address the whole body working together. We're not just going to isolate one system. We're not going to just isolate one organ. We're not going to look at one blood marker and track that. We're going to look at everything together. And we know that the body and the systems, they work to be in balance. And as one thing is pulled out of balance, something else has to compensate. And so from not only a physical biochemical approach, but from an energetic approach, we really have to balance out all of the systems and regulate all of them to bring our body back into that optimal functioning. Excuse me. With allopathic medicine, oftentimes they're much more focused on eradicating a symptom, right? So whatever you go to the doctor for, um, I'll talk about night sweats here and there throughout this episode, so let's talk about that. Like you go to the doctor, yeah, I'm having night sweats at night. I don't know why. I haven't changed anything. And the doctor might tell you, you know, it's just low estrogen and recommend hormone replacement, perhaps just fictitious example. So they're really just keying in on that symptom, right? How can we make the night sweats go away versus, well, with hormones, we know there's an underlying blood sugar situation. Let's look and see when are you eating what is your, you know, what is your daily general normal intake of food? And what tweaks can we make even to the lifestyle and the food to see if you don't have better health? With functional medicine, we're going to look at that whole entire approach, everything that's going on. We look at blood labs. We look at symptoms. We look at family history. We look at the mindset. We look at the emotion and the trauma and the other things that were occurring in your life at the time to bring that holistic balance back to your body, not just to eradicate one symptom. So with this order, let's talk about the healing order specifically. One of the first things, the first thing typically that I am going to key into is low-grade infections and seeing how taxed the physical um, 
immune system is. When our bodies are really depleted and we want it to go after a low-grade infection, sometimes we really just need to bring support into the immune system to begin with to bolster it before we demand more from the body. One of the really interesting things that you can key in on from an infection standpoint in the labs that just your doctor has already ran for you, like keeping it really simple, there's so much information you can get from the labs that are taken at your yearly preventative um, doctor's appointment checkup, and that is Epstein-Barr virus. It's a very common virus. Maybe you've heard of it as Epstein-Barr. Maybe you've heard of it as mononucleosis. But it is one that even after you have it, it can be low-grade or dormant within the body and continue to wreak havoc within your physical health, low energy. And also, I think it's really interesting to think in terms of these infections can go anywhere. I didn't used to think that. Like, is <laughs> my before I started healing years, I just assumed the only infection I ever had would just give me a runny nose and maybe a fever or a temperature. But never did I think that, oh, there's, you know, an infection or a virus that is low grade that could be affecting my thyroid, which is actually one of the, um, one of the glands that is most affected by viral infections. Another way of saying what I'm attempting to get out, as I read an email from Nicole, is that the underlying issues to a lot of people's thyroid insufficiency is a viral infection. And so if you're going immediately to the thyroid and giving more um, hormones in the body that the thyroid should be producing but isn't, you're not actually getting to the root cause, right? That's easy to see. So we want to start with identifying the infections within the body. And there are markers on your blood labs, the CBC with differential, that will tell you exactly what types of infections is affecting your body. And it includes parasites, viral, bacterial, so it really breaks down what your immune system is working on and working toward eliminating from the body. And then through diet and lifestyle and supplementation, we can go in and support the body to heal out those infections. And while I love supplements, you can never out-supplement a poor diet. You can never, ever, ever, ever out-supplement a poor diet. So you can't keep yourself in the state that created the illness or disease and expect by just adding in a couple pills and continuing to function in that same state, and by that state I'm meaning emotions, mindset, and the physical lifestyle, and expect lasting healing. Our culture is very, very welcoming to pills and just take this pill and it'll solve the problems or alleviate the symptoms. But there's so much more power 
in making some lifestyle tweaks that aren't miserable, <laughs> where you feel better. It's just a matter of getting through that first, you know, 21 days, 30 days, where you start building the habit and you start um, experiencing the results. And once you get into that space, then your body's going to want more and more and more of the good. And especially with these infections, a lot of them drive different cravings, cravings for sugars, cravings for carbs. And so once you get through that initial healing process and you start eradicating some of that from your body, making that choice each day to support your body with your nutrition is just going to get easier and easier and easier. So let's look at some of the mindset that comes with a few of these different infections. Uh, let's start with viral infections. They can come with the belief that I get everything that comes along. I know that belief very well. I used to be a person who got everything that comes along. <laughs> and I no longer believe that, and I also don't get sick all the time like I did before. You know, our minds are just masterful in allowing our being to create the things that we believe. With viral infections, there can also be bitterness and ugliness overshadowing the beautiful and good in life. And so an exercise here, if you do struggle with viral infections, would be to start maybe making a list of things every day that you see that are beautiful and the good that you have in your life and start um, shifting the beliefs around the fact that, you know, this bitterness or ugliness overshadows or overtakes or there's more bad than good in life and start seeing more of the good and beautiful. Um, with just simply vomiting, vomiting can be a root of feelings of disgust, wanting to rid emotions. And it can also be rejecting the visualization of what you don't want to accept. So if there's things that you don't accept, we, we can be complicated beings. And then rejecting through that physical vomiting, right? Oftentimes the body expression is very literal to the emotions. So with yeast infections, yeast infections can have underlying emotions and beliefs of resentment, deep and unresolved resentments. Lack of self-love and Stronger Together is all about bringing you back to yourself and self-love. Uh, yeast infections can be the inability to claim one, claim your own power. So if you, you're giving your power away or you don't see that you have power in a situation again and again and again, it can manifest into yeast infection. Unable to love and support yourself, unable to accept yourself, and even not recognizing your own needs. Um, that is not uncommon, as we talked about before here on the show, that a lot of people can tell you what they don't want, but they can't tell you what they do want. And so identifying needs can be challenging. And then urinary infections, UTIs. We'll also go over this one, and then we'll move on along. We could talk a lot of different infections, but a few of few common ones that people out there probably have dealt with. Uh, so urinary infections, irritation, allowing another person to irritate you, and talk about giving your power away, right? If you stand in the belief that other people can irritate you and not be responsible for your own reaction to them, 
that is one example of giving your power away. And then blaming others for your problems versus taking responsibility of them can manifest into that UTI. So the first step in this functional medicine approach to health is low-grade infections, identifying which ones are seen in your labs and what symptoms you're having from those, and then pairing ways to move those infections out of the body, make diet tweaks, lifestyle tweaks that are going to support that healing. The second step in this order is healing the immune system. Our immune systems in the gut, there's so much health that starts in the gut. There's mental health. There, it, the list goes on and on and on. Like neurotransmitters begin being created in the gut. Hormone production can also be tracked back to the gut. There's so much in the gut. So having good health in your gut is super important. And this is also where immune system really is created is through that gut health. So once we fire up the immune system and get those low-grade infections addressed, we want to go back in and heal the gut because we want to heal the immune system. The really fascinating thing that I learned, well, I thought it was fascinating when I learned this information about the gut, is that our gut is only one cell thick. If you think about that, I don't know why. I thought there would be more layers to the gut, maybe because there's a lot more to the gut with small intestine, large intestine. You're cold, like, there's a lot in there, but it's not thick. And so as we eat um, high fructose corn syrup, as we eat non-organic produce, as we have that glyphosate in our diet from oatmeals and flours and different products that have these chemicals sprayed on them, it actually erodes what are called the tight junctions, which keep those cells, the one cell thick layer of your gut, locked together tight. And when those tight junctions erode, then all sorts of things leak through your gut into your bloodstream and can go to the brain. It can go to all sorts of places and cause all sorts of problems. You can also have a ton of gut symptoms from gas to indigestion. Um, speaking of gut issues, another really cool thing that you can see in your labs that your doctor probably has never talked to you about is whether or not you have enough acid in your stomach. And for friends out there who deal with acid reflux, or indigestion, heartburn, sorry, heartburn specifically. What do we do in over-the-counter medicine for this? We give an antacid to reduce the acid backward because heartburn is actually caused by not having enough acid in the stomach to digest the food properly, and then we get the burning sensation. So if you have heartburn regularly, you can drink like an, an ounce of apple cider vinegar in a few ounces of water, diluted enough so that it doesn't burn going down all the way. And that 
will help improve your heartburn and your digestion. So you can see these markers in your regular blood labs that your doctors run of whether or not you have enough acid in your stomach for your stomach to do its job optimally. So healing up the gut is step number two, healing up the immune system. Their third step, typically, for most people, is to get the cells and the cell receptors working. And the path I like to take to do this is to go through a cellular detox. Because we live in this world where there's all these chemicals that we breathe that are in our cleaning products, that are in hygiene products, you know, deodorant, your shampoo, your conditioner, it's everywhere, really, even the water, the water source. You can go back to previous episode where I talked about food and water. I talked a lot about the different chemicals that are in both. So if you're interested in learning more about that, go back in the archives and find that episode. It will be eye-opening. In that episode, I also encourage a detox because once our cells get so bogged down, our cells don't work properly, and our cells are a building block that make our bodies function. So if our cells aren't well, we're not going to be well. And if our cell receptors aren't working, the cell receptors take in the hormones from our bloodstream. So if our receptors aren't working, then literally it's like walking to your car and pouring gasoline on the car. Does the car run? How is that working out for you? Not well, right? So we have to have those cell receptors be able to do their job to grab onto the hormone, to bring it into the cell, and then the hormone can tell the cell how to do its job, and the cell can carry out that task effectively and appropriately. So going through a cellular detox can be incredibly healing in so many ways for people with so many symptoms because, again, like the infections, you never can a thousand percent pinpoint how toxicity in your body is affecting your body function. You might have irritability or moodiness or uh, numbness in your fingers, while someone else could have a lot of anxiety and gut issues. Someone else might have more thyroid issues, hormone imbalance, so night sweats. All of these things can be attributed to toxicity or to our cells not working properly and fully and getting those cells back on track. And detox is a powerful way to do that. But detox is not simply about just getting the toxins out of your body. And I'm going to just briefly share why I'm so passionate about the detox that I do use because there's a lot of detoxes. There's detox drinks out on the market that you you know you can just drink these green things and or do cilantro and milk thistle but if you're not binding the toxins and pulling them out of the excretory system you could just be moving those toxins around in your body maybe yes they flush out of the liver but then where do they end up going if they don't leave your body it's really important to have a very thorough detox system that is going to ensure that the toxins are being pulled completely out of the body to have success. So that is one of the big reasons why I'm so passionate about the detox that I use, because not only does it ensure that it gets out of your system, it also has a phase where 
there are only a few substances that can cross the blood-brain barrier and pull the toxins from the brain. And this detox system that I use does exactly that. And if you're doing cilantro and milk sisal, you're not going to have those results. And so toxicity with memory issues and even when you get into hormone imbalances, Alzheimer's is known as the third no, dementia is known as the third type of diabetes. We're seeing that hormone imbalance, blood sugar instability is underlying these brain health issues. So again, going back to the gut, toxins, the brain, we need the products that are going to cross the blood-brain barrier and allow you to establish better brain health as well. So the detox that I recommend and that I'm crazy about does all of those things to ensure that you're really, truly detoxing your body, just not moving things around and getting a little bit of relief in the process. And some people, when they just move the toxins around, they don't get any relief. All they get is a storm as they stir things up. So it's really important to know what type of products you're using. But then also reducing your exposures to toxins. And it's never going to be zero, but we can help ourselves out with the foods that we're choosing to eat, the products that we're cleaning our house with, what you're putting on your body in the morning, when you brush your teeth, deodorant, hairspray, shampoos, body washes, the things that are packed full of fragrance. Like here's one simple tweak to make. Anything with that fragrance, Get rid of it. It's packed full of toxins and carcinogens. And there's so many things that people can just slap a label of fragrance for an ingredient on the bottle that you don't actually really know what that fragrance is in that bottle. Get rid of the products in your home that have the ingredient of fragrance in it. And once you eliminate the fragrances from your house, whenever you smell an artificial fragrance, you're going to really notice it. Because if you start using essential oils, it's a super easy way. Ran a load of laundry today. I have a wool dryer ball instead of using dryer sheets. And on that wool dryer ball, I put a few drops of essential oil, and my laundry smells amazing. And there's no toxins in it. So you can still have these scents in your home, everywhere that you want them to be, just switch it over to a natural, like an essential oil product that's going to be good for your body versus the artificial perfumes and chemicals and trash. No bueno. So after getting the cells prepared, then we're really looking at what else is remaining in the blood work, primarily, oftentimes it's hormones. So I'm going to talk a little bit about hormones here for you today, things that your doctor has likely never, ever told you about hormones, because hormones are such a common imbalance for people in the body. We have so many different hormones, and our hormones do so much. They carry so many messages about how our bodies should function. So they're really, really, really important. Two things underlying hormone chaos. I'm just going to call it hormone chaos because there are so many different hormones. I'm not going to dial into one specific hormone with the exception of the example with the thyroid, which I'll give here in a little bit, because these other tips are important to all hormones. 
And then when I work with someone, depending upon which hormones specifically are out of balance, then we'll tweak the approach, but we always have these underlying issues covered. So stress. Stress is a huge contributor to hormone imbalance. Now, I know, seriously, Janessa, I can't just it would take like a fairy to wave a magic wand to remove all of the stress from my life. There are so many things truly outside of my control that cause stress in my life or cause me to be busy or cause my body to be under a burden of not enough sleep, yada, yada. Like, I'm not here to tell someone that they have to crawl into a healing bubble and never live life again to eradicate stress or to have it at a level where their body can adapt to it. But here's the one thing that we are addressing from functional medicine coaching, and that's the internal stress in your body from the low-grade infections that you have in your body. So as you address those low-grade infections, the stress that your body is under is going to alleviate. And then as you begin sleeping better and you make a few lifestyle tweaks, maybe you're eating better, you want more and more of that peace and relax. As you learn to regulate your nervous system, you're also not getting swept away in all of the emotions and the things that would use to trigger you that might be a big deal if your boss looks at you the wrong way becomes not such a big deal because you're more centered or you have the tools that when you are triggered by a work situation, you can move those emotions, the panic, the fear, whatever's coming up for you, and you can hold that state of inner peace longer so you're reducing that inner stress. And so the stress game in the coaching approach I take with people is really from inside out. Let's alleviate the inner stress and give you tools to process the inner stress, and it will ripple into the exterior. It's impossible for it not to have the ripple effect outward. The other underlying issue I mentioned earlier is blood sugar stability. Whenever there's hormone chaos, there is blood sugar that maybe there's the, the spikes, the valleys, you stand up, you get lightheaded, you get hangry between meals, your blood sugar isn't staying stable. And that's always underlying these hormone issues. And so we want to just make some tweaks in the diet. For some people, it's intermittent fasting. For other people, it's eating more protein more regularly. Every body is different, really honoring each body for who they are. Maybe tweaking the time of day when you eat. Like in one of the previous episodes, we talked about eating with the sun and the rhythm that it has with the hormones that are released. So when you wake up in the morning, your cortisol, which is your stress hormone, spikes. And then um, if you drink your coffee before that spike, you're going to create another spike. Now, cortisol, if it's not burned, is stored as fat. So you're creating more cortisol for your body to have to burn simply by having your coffee before you've been awake for two hours. So be awake for two hours, then have your coffee, right? If you're having night sweats, low estrogen, you can look up foods that support raising your estrogen, but also from a blood sugar standpoint, right, because there's some blood sugar things happening when we're having hormone chaos, 
not eating after 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. 6 p.m. is great. 7 p.m. is pretty good. And being intentional about what you're eating at that meal. Don't eat a bunch of processed foods, tons of crackers, mashed potatoes, carbs, right? Try to eat vegetables, complex carbohydrates in a smaller amount, and see if those night sweats alleviate for you because your blood sugar is holding stable throughout the night. Also with stress, it's important to talk about the hormones that are created with that stress. So I mentioned cortisol, that it naturally um, peaks two hours after you wake up. Cortisol also is what your body responds to stress with. When your body's like, hey, there's stress, it starts pumping the cortisol into your body so you have that fight or flight, like all the energy that you need to get through the situation. But cortisol requires ingredients to make that hormone. Your other hormones also require some of the same ingredients like cholesterol. Cholesterol is actually a really good thing for your body when it's in balance. And another thing that can affect you know, things in your body that your doctor doesn't tell you, those low-grade infections, those low-grade infections can cause your cholesterol to elevate. So your body, back to the point about stress, cortisol, and the ingredients to make hormones, the body requires ingredients such as cholesterol to make, we'll say, your thyroid hormone, the T4. That's what the thyroid produces. But when the ingredients are going to create cortisol, then your body doesn't have enough left over to make the other hormones. So what happens? You have less of those hormones. This is how your body starts being pulled out of balance. This is how those different systems within your body interact and affect one another. This is why, hey, listen, there's such a better approach than just looking at a symptom. So I'd love to use this analogy of uh, cookies and brownies. You know, if you if you have two cups of flowers and you want to make a batch of cookies and brownies and your brownies need a cup and a half of flour and your cookies need a cup and a half of flour and you have two cups of flour, you're going to make the brownies first. You're going to have a really small batch of cookies, right? Like it's the same thing with the stress response and the cortisol. With the thyroid... I'll just talk about that really briefly. The, the thyroid is at the top, bottom of the to- totem pole. And above the thyroid on the to- totem pole is the hypothalamus. And the hypothalamus tells the pituitary gland what to do. And your pituitary gland produces TSH. So if any of you have ever had thyroid issues out there, your doctors probably talk to you about your TSH. And when it takes your, when your TSH levels off, they'll tell you your thyroid isn't working correctly, but it's actually your pituitary gland. Your pituitary is not functioning optimally. So the TSH then goes to the thyroid and tells the thyroid to produce T4. So unless you have your T4 and your T3 being ran, you don't actually know what your thyroid is doing. You only know what the pituitary is telling your thyroid to do. You only know what your pituitary is doing. Now, I've seen people who have had TSH levels off, but their T4 has been fine, but their T3 
which is the hormone that goes into the cells, to the cell receptors, into every cell in your body. So the T4 gets converted in the gut and the liver into T3, and the T3 goes into your cells. The T3 is low. So what does that tell us? That doesn't tell us we have a thyroid problem. That tells us that where the conversion is happening from T4 to T3, there's something awry there. And that happens in the gut and it happens in the liver. Going back to gut health again, right? And the liver. The liver is a big player, especially in hormones. So this is why it's so important to take a whole body approach. And then also in mentioning the gut, the gut influences the hypothalamus neurotransmitters tell the hypothalamus how to function. So just to bring that loop full circle. So if you're having thyroid issues and your doctor is not talking to you about these multiple components of your body systems and you're taking a prescription, you're literally pouring gas on the car hoping that the car will run. And there is a way to engage the function of your endocrine system and balance it back out. But it's important to look at all of the different factors. So I wanted to share with you just a few recent wins I've clients have reported to me, and that is their night sweats stopping. <laughs> I love that. I love when they can, you know, just make a simple tweak to when they're eating or to ensuring that blood sugar is stable through a supplement and what they're eating combined and the symptom alleviates. I have another person who is not trying to treat their reproductive hormones specifically. They're actually looking at the thyroid pituitary, that whole totem pole, and their cycle was a couple weeks off, and it has regulated just in one month of being on a different protocol and supplements. That's really cool. And time and again, I see people with PCOS having their cycles regulate very quickly as well and making just a few tweaks. Uh, I have clients reporting weight loss. And then another really cool um, success story was someone who had had autoimmune and a lot of different issues, working with many specialists, not getting the answers or results with the symptoms they were having, really miserable. I looked at their labs and their parasites were so high, so high. Highest parasite count I'd ever seen. They went through just two months of removing parasites and reported feeling the best that they had felt in years and better results than what they were getting working with a specialist. The last thing I want to mention here, I know we're running out of time. There's so much to talk about when we get into this world of physical health, mindset, and emotions, is that your body talks to you in positive ways. Your body talks to you in positive ways, too. So often we don't listen or listen but don't know what to do when our physical body is talking to us with the discomfort that we're having or we notice things are off or we just feel a little not right. But our body also talks to us when we feel joy and excitement. And you can use that and leverage that, knowing where and how your body responds in the positive emotions, that when you're not having a top 10 day, you can use your body 
and the communication with your body to create that feeling in your body through your mind. And then everything lifts. Things start getting lighter. So you can use your body in positive, positive ways as well, anchoring yourself to the things that you want to feel more of. So shameless plug. I have a couple things for you. I have three things. We're going to go through them really quickly. If you're interested in functional medicine coaching, reach out to me, fiercelyradiantsoul at yahoo.com. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Let's connect for a consult call, see what you got going on, and we'll figure out if a one-on-one interpretation is best or if in the group is best for you. There's more than one way. And being in the power, taking the power back of your health is really what leads people to long-term success. Meeting with a doctor once a month, once every six months, what you do day in and day out is far more important than what those doctors tell you for 20 minutes, if you even get 20 minutes with them, those couple times a year, right? So if you're looking for lasting healing, you want to try a holistic, whole body, mind and emotion approach, let's connect. Second thing, our Stronger Together community. Our next meeting is tomorrow. And we are focusing on grief this month. We will be chatting with you. Actually, next week, we're chatting with you about grief. I was incorrect in the introduction. But in the Stronger Together community, you're going to get to embrace your unique journey and take it to the next level. You're going to discover the strength of community and what happens in that communal healing environment, the unexplainable and transformative that your mind cannot expect or perceive, how when you add your unique energy into a collective force that supports, heals, and empowers how things get better and better and elevate so quickly, you're going to experience heart-centered transformation. And you're going to get to unleash your unique brilliance, your purpose, your passions, your place, in the grand tapestry of the universe. So if you're interested in jumping into the Stronger Together community where you're just going to take life to a whole new level, you can reach out to me on any of those platforms as well. And lastly, the most amazing transmission come through has been so powerful, so healing. I've worked with other healers who have experienced the healing experience, this protocol, this transmission, And they immediately said, when you're ready to train and teach this, I will pay you. I want my clients to have it. If you want that healing experience, this is a a body response. If your body's leaning in, if your body's curious about it, if you just know in your intuition that for you, reach out to me for the next however many days until the 20th. Math is not my mojo. It's going to be at a special rate. So reach out for me for that and get in on this opportunity while it's hot. It's only going to be offered here with the news for the full family and the Stronger Together family. So I can't wait to hear from you. I can't wait to connect with you. And I cannot wait to serve and support you. So join us back here next week with SJ and I where we will actually be talking about grief, the multifaceted many layers that compose grief and the journey through it. 
And until then, friends, keep your eyes wide open. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.